Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 2017 Year in Review podcast with the live feed correspondence. I'm your host, Taryn Armstrong, and I'm joined by my illustrious colleagues. Um, first is Melissa, who uh, really, as I mentioned, was so ashamed of her performance in the draft, even though she came a lot closer than I think she thought she would to winning, uh, but that she's been she's been a little absent, but she's here with us tonight to talk about Big Brother. Uh, how you doing, Melissa? Well, first of all, I was not ashamed. I was more than proud. <laughs> I just didn't anticipate this crazy twist coming in and making it so my person who would have won lost. So, you know, I'm totally proud of what I did because who would have thought that this crazy twist, terrible twist, would have uh, come into play? But also, uh, yeah, I was going to say we do not need to put out a missing persons report because I am alive and well. <laughs> And I also yes. just want to say really quickly, uh, and not that Melissa doesn't have a life because she does, but she was more than willing to podcast with us on the previous podcast. It was just material that she wasn't up to date on. So it wasn't like she wasn't around to podcast people. It's just that, yeah. you know, she wants to know what she's talking about before she comes on and yells at you all. I felt bad. I'm yes. like the worst at watching Survivor and keeping up with it because I... Like I was so busy at work this past month. And then it was like, they started piling up and I had like four episodes that I hadn't seen. And I was like, okay, I cannot podcast about this. It would just, you know, it'd be irresponsible. <laughs> we, we've had guests on before that didn't watch the episodes that they talked yes, about. We have. Um, <laughs> I won't name names. Um, but uh, yes, it, for anyone that, that wasn't uh, listening to any of the survivor podcasts, we're not going to spoil uh, the winner or anything, but uh, you can rest assured that, I uh well just in case anybody you know okay. hasn't watched Survivor but you, but just just so you know uh I have in fact taken the the draft champion title back from Brent uh he he took it once uh I w- I was undefeated for so long and now I'm back in the the winner's seat um so don't you worry once we draft you know future Big Brother seasons I will be the uh, winner again so uh Brent on that note how are you doing? I'm doing great. I am Brent Wagamot, a.k.a. One Lucky Gay, a.k.a. Besties with Joe from Survivor 35. You mean me? Uh. <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, about, uh, that's about all there is. Uh, we are here to talk about the year 
2017 in Big Brother. Uh, we did this last year. We talked about, we had three seasons to talk about last year because of OTT. Uh, but this year we've got only two seasons to talk about. Uh, Big Brother Canada 5 and Big Brother 19. Uh, so if you haven't watched one of those seasons, uh, you can still listen to this podcast, but we'll let you know that there will be spoilers. Um, come on, guys. You gotta, you gotta watch both. Okay, uh, <laughs> so really, we're just gonna be talking about, uh, you know, some of w- which season we preferred. Uh, which winner we think is better, What, uh, who the best players are, what the best moments were. And um, when we say best, we also probably mean what were the worst as well, because I don't know how many best moments there were in the, in the year of 2017 for Big Brother. So, um, and we'll, we'll just recap the year as a whole. What did we think? What, what did it do for Big Brother? What are we looking forward to moving, moving forward into the future? Who knows? We're going to find out. Uh, so um, we are live here on RobHasWebsite.com. You can go to the chat room and uh, and talk to us there. Uh, there are people talking about my hair. Um, oh, yeah. What's the chat room? Janet. Uh, <laughs> you can find it on the, uh, the Rob Has a Website page. Um, and uh, you can uh, send in questions to me on Twitter, at ArmstrongTaren, if you so desire. And we will do our best to answer them. Though This is not really a question show if if i see if i see one in there that's uh it's a good one I'll, I'll pick it out and we'll talk about it so um let's get started yes, uh, first of all yes uh we have to talk about the the two seasons and uh brent i want to know from you uh o- like overall 2017 did you like big brother in 2017 um, I mean, it's it's uh, I'm a little fancy fencerton about it because I love Big Brother Canada five. I thought it was everything. I thought it gave me exactly what I wanted. Um, even the winner was somebody that I was actively rooting against. And he's a really, really sweet guy outside of the Big Brother house. Kevin Martin, I'm talking about. Um, but, you know, you, I always feel like you have to have good heroes and villains. And obviously, uh, Ika and Dimitri were the king and queen of Big Brother Canada. And I was there for them. I was rooting for them all the way. I was in. And uh, Kevin was the uh, chink in the armor uh, that they just couldn't fix. And somehow he made his way to the end. So I, I have to think that uh, I enjoyed Big Brother because of that experience, that rivalry, rivalry between the two of them. And Kevin, and also the hilariousness, I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up, of Karen's, <laughs> one Karen Singbell. I mean, she's honestly, she's very, very cool. She played someone like how I would in the house, like if I was a fan. I remember Alex Kidwell criticizing her one time for, you know, like, Karen, you're not a fan anymore. You're actually in the house. But I didn't think there was anything wrong with her playing as a fan while she's in the house because, you know, it's your show. You can do what you want with it. It's like it's like once upon a time. It's your story. You can write whatever story you want, Taryn. You know what I mean? Like it's like Doc Brown says, the future isn't written yet. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, but uh, Big Brother uh, 19, Melissa, I'm sure you're with me on this. I left such a sour taste in my mouth. The only saving grace about Big Brother 19, literally the only things were Jessica and Cody and Josh is the winner. That was it. And I can't even get on board as much with the last one. It was more that Paul didn't win. Then Josh did win, although I did love Josh, but he really on on par now that we have a little distance from it wasn't a what he wasn't an amazing player. I'll just say that. Yeah, I I have very similar feelings. I feel like Big Brother Canada, like I really liked watching the season, but I felt like it was a season of like almost like I felt like we almost got Annetta versus Ica showdown. We almost got uh you know the french connection taking over we almost got like it was just so many things where it was like we almost got this we almost got that and it would like build up the anticipation get everyone excited 
And then it was like, oh, wait, now Netta's taken out, like, really quickly in a double eviction. Oh, wait, like, you know, Dre and uh, William are also taken out in the double eviction. Like, it was just like, everything just didn't happen. And I was just getting so excited, so excited, and then let down. So excited, so excited, let down. So, you know, I liked Big Brother Canada, and I felt like we had a good winner. Um, Plus, we got Ika and Dimitri out of it. So that was huge, because Ika, you know, I mean, she was the queen of that show. and we wouldn't have had her otherwise. I mean, she would have, she was good in her first season, but she wasn't as iconic as she was this time. So it was great um, to see it. And I was looking back and I was like, wow, like Gary was on that show. And like all the, I feel like all this stuff was on on it way in the beginning. And then it was just like, we lost them so early and I was so disappointed. And, you know, for uh, big brother 19, uh, it was just like one disappointment after another, you know, because it was like, we are really excited about the cast and then Paul gets thrown in and it's like, we're really excited about, you know, Jess and Cody, maybe like Cody coming back in and then really doing something and then they get kicked out one by one. It just felt like it was like, come on, everything was just a disappointment. But, and I mean, in terms of the Josh win, I think Paul should have won. I think that he deserved it. I mean, I didn't want him to win throughout the whole time. I wanted him to get out immediately, but like after all is said and done, he controlled the house. He didn't do it in a nice way or a way that any of us really liked, but he definitely controlled the house. And I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't rewarded. But at the same time, I'm happy that his bad behavior wasn't rewarded because everyone was saying, well, if Paul wins, this sort of gang up mentality is going to be a thing for the rest of Big Brother. And I was like, I can't deal with that. So good year overall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I think it's it's probably unanimous among the three of us that uh, Big Brother Canada 5 was, in fact, the superior season this year. Uh, and I mean, I think that's that's pretty obvious. I think most people would agree. Um, I think that Big Brother Canada 5, in many ways, was a really amazing season. Almost almost one of the best seasons of Big Brother Canada, to be honest. Like, uh, Big Brother Canada 2 is is really good. Um, and it's really the only one that I think even stands a chance against Big Brother Canada 5. Yeah. But I think that so many people were disappointed with the outcome that we kind of forget all of the greatness that was in that season. Um it really was, uh, you know, like, you know, I was going to say yeah. really quickly that, you know, I, I hear your point, Melissa, about uh, a season of almost. So on the other hand, from my perspective, I felt like that the reason that they were almost was because other great players were nipping them off before they could make the move. Like Ika made a move against Netta in the double eviction because she felt like her power base was threatened and that Netta was going to come after her. She was right. Likewise, with Karen making a move against the French connection in the double eviction and switching her vote uh, and basically outing Dre as the traitor that she was. I felt like Karen was usurping Dre's spot in the house as the decision maker. And that was some really fun gameplay from her. So I I hear your point about uh, some of the storylines being maybe truncated a little bit, but the drama that we got from the people that were there, even Dre's the, the night of Dre's eviction, you know, obviously that whole night of her getting caught, double dealing and then all the way through till it really was the best i mean it was just everything and they were and she was there to play that was the thing where as opposed to you know you know and that's the thing too about big brother canada five uh, five taryn is that i had people to root for and root against dre i was not rooting for you i i I loved you, but I was not rooting for you. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like the Alexis from Dynasty sort of mentality. Like, I love to hate you. Sort of like Taryn. I love to hate you, you know? Um, but, yeah. uh, I mean, there's you have to have people like that in the house. Whereas the problem with Big Brother 19 was I didn't know where to direct my anger. 
It was just like that was just like <laughs> was spewing anger at everybody. <laughs> yeah, because they were all so stupid for following Paul. And I yeah. just I couldn't get mad at any one person, you know, at least in Big Brother Canada five, you know, when, when Netta was ruling the roost, I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to get her out the minute she she loses that immunity. You know, there was something to root yeah. for. Whereas in Big Brother 19, I had nothing. There was no offensive play. I felt like that anybody could make that would change the game, Taryn, except for Josh cutting mm-hmm. Paul at the end, which he didn't do, had the chance to do. And then we're probably right not to do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, that I totally agree. It was it was Big Brother Canada. It was like no matter who got out, you still had people there who wanted to play and who you could root for. I felt like there were it changed all the time, but I definitely had people I could root for the entire time. Whereas Big Brother 19, I had like one or two people I could root for. And then they got evicted and I was stuck with like the dregs. I felt it was like there was nobody left and yes. it was just like, all right, let's just get this over with. Cause I don't care anymore. You were like me. We're Which like disappointing. I'm like, are we rooting for Alex now? On- I know. <laughs> it turned, it like switched. At one point. I'm like, wait, what is happening here? It's mm-hmm. just like, everyone was like, I had like one person I was liking and then one person I was liking and then one person I was liking. And I, I just felt there was no driving there force was no of through like, line. Good. There was no coherent story except for Paul, and I was tired of that story. Yeah, that story got yeah. old. Sorry, yeah, Taryn, I didn't and, mean to interrupt you. Someone <laughs> criticized me on Twitter okay. recently about interrupting <laughs> that they don't like it when I interrupt because their BFF interrupted all the time, and she just let her do it. And so I'm like her, and I don't want to be like that. So, Katie, I hear you. Taryn, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brent wouldn't be Brent if he wasn't interrupting me. I mean, it's uh, (laughs) I try to acknowledge it at least, and and I yield back time. You know, so there are times where I feel like I just have to jump in, especially early in the show. You know, I usually calm down (laughs) as we go along. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how calm you stay. Um, okay. So, yes, I think a pretty, pretty consensus pick here. Big Brother Canada 5, the superior season. Big Brother 19, I don't dislike it as much as I think a lot of people did. I enjoyed watching Paul throughout the game, but it really is the kind of uh, almost like one of the worst outcomes you can have in a season where you have somebody who's dominating the action and making a lot of things very calm and somewhat boring throughout the season. And then they don't even win in the end because they screw up on something dumb like uh like jury management which is like it's a it's part of the game and it's important but it's not fun to watch somebody screw up the jury management right like uh, like uh, yeah i think my, my periscope would beg to differ <laughs> <laughs> well i no, i mean it's fun it's fun to see them lose but you would have been happier to see him lose if he was cut by josh or something right like that's even more fun mm, i imagine no i think this is sweet well i don't yeah, uh, yeah like, looking back on it Maybe, but at the time, I, I mean, we're sorry, looking back on it, no, because if he had been cut, he would have been able to argue till the end of time that I would have won the game. They had to get me out. I was the biggest target. The fact that it happened as it did, like they actually, they, they actively said no to his face. I think Stephen Fishback has talked about the fact that, you know, losing a jury vote from your peers, that's a big deal. It's basically people saying, you know what? We don't like you enough to give you the money. And so for him to actually have to take that from them, I felt like that was that was that was everything that I needed, Terrence. Well, it, well, it's funny because we we all, we actually kind of saw both scenarios play out where Ika going into the final two would not have won a jury vote, but she was cut shortly before the final two, and her reputation, uh, for the most part, has been uh, relatively untarnished. Oh, yeah. Whereas Paul going into the final two and losing, uh, even though that's exactly what would have happened to Ika, it's like, whoa, you really screwed that up, Paul. Yeah, um, I think that's and, the key. 
yeah. is get, get <laughs> really cut is. at three. Like Netta, she got cut yeah. at three and everyone was like, she would have won for sure. She's the queen, da, da, da. And, you know, we we never really know if she would have actually won. But, of course, well, you know. She would have. So, I, I feel like she would have. If she takes John, I feel like she doesn't. But if she makes the move and takes Sabrina, like I think she would have, then, you know, yeah. She, she's going to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but still, it's uh, like it, you want to like go out a winner rather than go out number two. I don't know. I feel like you number three, you're more of a winner than number two. Yeah. Plus, like you get the exit still. Because number two, you just have to like sadly walk behind while all like the <laughs> confetti is falling. You know, you don't even get like an interview or anything except for like Julie Chen, like at the last minute being like, that sucked, didn't it? You yeah. know, but you, still get, but you still get $50,000. <laughs> By the way, Taryn, true, true. Um, did Netta, I can't remember uh, in her interview with you on the Taryn show, a uh, little plug there for you. Um, did she tell us who she was going to take to the final two? I can't remember. Should I- uh, she was going to take uh, Sabrina. She's going to take um, Sabrina. But but I, I think, I mean, something that she talked about was that she was actually, like, considering taking John a lot more than it was let on in the show. Okay. Like, yeah. um, she didn't want to have to betray him. Um, but, she wanted you know, her cake and eat it, too. It. Like, she, I think, I think yeah. maybe she, there was a part of her that thought, you know what, I played such a badass game, like, I can take John and still win the game. But I don't think that's true, because yeah. I think the jury wanted to see one of them cut the other. Yeah, I mean, I think I think like Arlie said in the finale, like if if either of them had taken the other one, we would have voted for the other one because okay. uh, you got to take Sabrina. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's really that uh, it's the robbed goddess spot. Um, you know, even if you're not a goddess, you're still the robbed something. So uh, going out in third or fourth, uh, it's you know you come so close, you get the you get to keep your reputation. Um, so. That's what we saw in Big Brother Canada 5. I think that uh, it was a better season overall. But let's talk about the the winners here because Ugh. we had two different winners. And I think uh, many people will argue that neither one was particularly deserving, however you wanted to find deserving. Um, but uh, if we were if we were going to talk about their games and sort of pick one over the other, uh, where would you fall, Brent? Well, I, well, obviously, uh, Kevin is a superior player, and that's coming from me as a Josh fan. Uh, but I think Kevin has a lot more self-awareness of where he's at in the game at the time that it's being played. And I feel like he has a lot more honesty assessing his game after the fact about the things that he did right and the things that he did wrong. As much as I love Josh, there are things that are part of his story um, in his postmortem of how he played that I'm sort of trying to... You know, it's like the kaleidoscope where you're just trying to squint to see, okay, I can kind of see that, you know. But, uh, you know, and I I love Josh the player. He's everything that I wanted in a Big Brother uh, TV player. Because remember, like I would say, Big Brother takes place on a television set. It doesn't take place in a studio where there are no cameras. So you want to have people who are engaging and fun. And Josh was in their face the whole time, gave them exactly what he wanted to give them. Says he was doing it on purpose. I think part of it was just his natural personality. Uh, but it worked for him in the end. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it was necessarily the right play. And I don't know that. I mean, let's remember, he won by one vote and played a really, really awful game. I don't know. I guess that says more about how badly Paul played the jury than it does about anything about Josh. But good on Josh for being aware to take Paul to the end, because a lot of us questioned that. Remember that uh, we thought, you know, he needs to he needs to cut Paul. He needs to make the big move. And I do think he probably wins the game. But that's I see in, in hindsight, that looks a little more iffy than what did happen, which was there were no way these five people were ever going to vote for Paul. So I feel like that that was the the sure bet was taking uh uh, Paul to the end. Although 
you know, against this particular winner, the, the votes that, that Josh thought he had, Taryn, Melissa, <laughs> were not the votes that he ended up yeah. getting. I mean, uh, you know, Julie's, uh, it's four to two, and Julie's reading Mark's vote, and Josh is already crying, like, he's like, okay, girl, bye, I'll take my $50,000. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, say la vie, he's done, he thinks it's done, he has no idea that he's about to win Big Brother. Uh, Kevin Martin, on the other hand, I feel like always had an awareness of where he was in the game. I remember him and Bruno laughing at each other about how badly they were. You know, like, I mean, like, we're really, really effing terrible at this game, you know, and they're just like commiserating about it in a really, really fun way. Um, and, you know, that immunity streak at the end, obviously, I have problems with the way Big Brother Canada basically telegraphs what's coming down the line. Uh, but he cracked the code. And until they fix that, which I feel like they're gonna in Big Brother Canada 6, now that somebody's cracked it. Uh, you know, he, he managed to go on that, um, that um, immunity streak, challenge streak, whatever you want to say, uh, and uh, just keep himself immune for uh, what the final eight. I think that they never had a chance to get him out after final eight. So uh, good on him. Played a, a much more offensive game than Josh and obviously bas- basically uh, swept the jury. Did he win? He won unanimously, didn't he? Or no? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm sorry. I couldn't remember. I, 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 was, I was thinking he got one vote, but apparently not. Yeah, it was really Sweet. seven to zero or eight to zero, whatever nine to zero. Yeah, Kevin versus Karen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm in my head. I'm thinking somebody <laughs> voted for her, but I think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was you saying no, guys. I swear, I think that Karen is going to beat Kevin in the final two. Uh, yeah, yeah. To watch I don't know. Get, I think that's uh, some alternate yeah. timeline you're remembering. <laughs> we had some really fun podcasts for BB Can. That was, yes. I think, my favorite one was when it was like. For some reason, we had to do it like late at night and we were arguing with the chat room about Karen. <laughs> yes. That was so well, I remember, funny. Like I was in the UK and it was like four in the morning for me and we were doing it at like <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. And Brent like read out this whole statement about how he thought that Karen was going to win the game. And then like he, he finally finishes his big dramatic speech. <laughs> and then we just you and me just both start giggling. Yeah. Um, I was really annoyed with you both. Yeah, was a good really podcast. I had so much fun. Yeah, Taryn. I, yeah. I wish between- I could know exactly which ones. That one and the finale podcast when Kevin won oh. and you, Alex and Melissa were like just high as a kite. And I'm in Disney World with, you know, a bad Wi-Fi trying to get my anger out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm basically just like, well, you guys told me to leave. I'll leave because I'm through with the three of you right now. That was, <laughs> that was so probably fun. one of the most controversial uh, Brent <laughs> right. episodes yeah. that we had. That was crazy. You, like, you know, I usually love Brent, but man, <laughs> he really has it in for Kevin Martin. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was People more were so mad. I was mad. It's, you know what? It, it's uh, it's very similar. I mean, well, not very similar. Obviously, Chrissy is a much better player, you know, on paper and uh, than Karen Singbell. But it's the same archetype losing. You know, it's the same. You know, well, you know, that the, the older mom, they can't do the same things that a younger guy can do. And I felt like Chrissy, I'm going to spoil Survivor. Sorry. But I felt like Chrissy on Survivor was not able to do the same things that a man is allowed to do. Like if she was a man, and was doing those things. I feel like people would be like singing her praises. They've been begging to give her the money. Uh, and I also feel like the things that Ben did on his way to winning, like with the Ben bombs and whatnot, you know, Chrissy would never have been able to, uh, nobody would have ever accepted that from her. So I feel like the women are, are treated differently. And like I said, on Big Brother Canada 5, I feel like that some of the things that were held against Karen, I felt like was specifically because she's a mom. She's a woman. I felt like that. And I remember even Melissa was a little indignant to my assessment of Karen, that that was something that was holding her back. But I still feel like that if she was a man, that they would have given her a little more slack 
in how she played. The fact that she was like a mom and making those sort of backstabbing moves, I feel like they really, really had it in for Karen or Chrissy? What I said. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> I don't know because oh. Karen, I don't think Karen made backstabbing. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't she, think Karen when she, did. When, she, when she got rid of uh, what the, the fighter at five, I forget his name or whatever. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan. Yeah, yeah. I think she just was too loyal to Ike and Dimitri the whole time and didn't really do anything. And like, it's one of those things where it's like a broken clock is right twice a day or whatever it is, where like, she's like had all these predictions and she's like, this is what's going to happen. Like, this is what's happening here. And of course, like maybe one or two of them came true and everyone was like, Whoa, she knows the game. But really like she was just spouting out all this crazy stuff that ended up being right. Yeah, like, well, I do agree with the sentiment uh, about the mom archetype. I don't think Karen is the correct, like, test case because she really just wasn't a very good player, like, right. in any any sense of it. She's word. a really cool lady, <laughs> We're back though. on Karen again. We, like, <laughs> yeah. can't get over this topic. She seems like a very cool lady. I think that she's wonderful. I think she's a very funny uh, person. Um, but yeah, I actually, know, the, really, I, she's one of the few people I've stayed following on Twitter. Like, I basically like unfollowed everyone else, not because I like hate them, but just because like it's not Big Brother season right. anymore. Um, but her stuff is really funny, so I actually follow her. So, and by the way, if you guys have ever done a podcast with Karen, I love her to death because she has the camera like up above her and thus it's like she's back on it's like she's back on big brother canada where she like she's in she's the chair the yeah. yes, she's in she's in the chair like looking at the producers like you know it's so great it looks like that you're totally right yes um so yeah i mean that's we got we got kevin and we got josh um and a lot of people have been asking us, like, where would you place these two in your rankings, uh, in your winner rankings? Um, so I thought maybe we we can try and place them here. Uh, we did so kind of preliminary placement um, when the seasons ended. But uh, I've got I've actually I've got the list up here of uh, of our previous winner rankings. Oh, my God. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but we did. We did it like uh, like a little over two years ago now. Um, uh What's her name? Uh, Nicole. And uh, Nicole is not on this list. Um, But uh, so really uh, looking at Josh, placing him in the BBUS rankings, um, I I think I initially said probably near the bottom three, four uh, placements for him. Uh, Brent, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I would probably co-sign that. Can you tell me who my bottom three were, actually? Your bottom three were uh, Jordan, Dick, and uh, Boogie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably put That's because you, you had Rachel higher than us. Yeah, I, I have Rachel like at three or four, something like that. Um, and, she, and she deserves to be there, I just want to say. Uh, so uh, I'd probably have Josh like, right under Boogie. I feel like his, uh, his currency in the game just wasn't what he thought it was, but he was helped less by twists than Dick was. And also, he entertained me more than Jordan did. did so, <laughs> I'm probably going to put him like uh, third from the bottom. Yes, uh, and the over the consensus bottom three was in fact uh, Jordan, Rachel, and Dick. Um, Y'all don't know what you're talking I, about. I, I, <laughs> I uh and this this is uh for the record anyone that didn't listen to that one this is purely based on uh their capacity as a player not on their and even though Brent thinks that entertainment and that is sometimes combined uh this is based on who do you th- you know drop them into a random season who has the best chance to win that season um I think I probably have 
uh, Josh, probably just just above the those those bottom three uh, at. At number, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure now at this point. Uh, 16th. <laughs> fourth from the last. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I initially flirted with the idea of like maybe maybe Jordan's a little bit better. I, I do feel like Jordan uh, has more potential to make it further in uh, in a game. They, they both have the this thing about them that people are going to want to take them further into the game because they're non-threatening, uh, either because they think that they're, uh, you know, a, a goat or because it's just, it's just Jordan and she's so nice and she couldn't possibly be threatening. Um, but uh, I do think that the twists um, in many ways helped Jordan a little bit more than uh, than Josh, but it's it's still uh, sort of a, a tough choice for me there. Um, I initially had uh, Dick over Jordan, but uh, in the last couple of years, I've actually been a little higher on Jordan. So um, it's uh, it's it's a little t- a little bit of a toss up there. Uh, Melissa, what did you think? Yeah, I think he's down there near the bottom. But I guess like I guess I'm starting to understand why those people are down below in terms of like not the way they actually played, but in terms of like their capacity as a player and like their, their ability to get along with people, I guess, like, I guess that's where they kind of struggle is like Dick and Rachel struggle with getting along with people. I mean, they're constantly hated. And then Josh, I think struggles with getting along with people because he likes to pick random fights and then apologize for them afterwards. Um, So I guess, yeah. I, I don't know why Dick and Rachel aren't that low, though. I think they're much better than that. Uh, but, yeah, I think that Josh is down near the bottom. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked to Josh on the Terran uh, show. I think he's an awesome guy, actually. Um, Super guy. Yeah, there's been, there's been some, yeah, uh, some really drama cool. on, on Twitter um, with, uh, you know, some other you, Big Brother 19 you can, people. I'm just going to be honest. I don't understand what that's about. Okay, okay, is there a way you can sum it up nicely for us, or is it too uh, in the weeds? Can well, you tell me what it's, happened? Uh, I, you know, it, if anyone is interested, I mean, this is the you know year, end of the year yes, wrap up here. Yes. Uh, we can we can talk We're a little here for drama. The tea. Tell um, us the tea. Tara. <laughs> well, uh, Mark and Elena have been, um, you know, they've been on Twitter. Yes. Uh, I, this is this information is coming largely from Reddit and some posts. Uh, I don't. I, okay, I, like, okay, I'm and not like, qualifying. Tell us what happened. Uh, <laughs> so um, basically, Mark and Elena have been on Twitter. They made a post about the holidays where they had a picture of themselves. And in the picture, there was toilet paper with the faces of Paul and Josh on the toilet paper. (laughs) Um, And this is like one of uh, a few different things that they have done uh, against Josh and Paul. Um, And also, like, they've posted his private texts to them being like, hey, can we can we talk? And they're like, you want to talk in private? Like, blah, blah, blah. so uh really just like really you know trying to trying to go at Josh and people have been kind of uh critical of Mark and Elena on Twitter because they've been uh seen to kind of be like asking for things like uh, hey can I have tickets to this sold out show or like hey can uh you know can you guys help us out with uh like plane tickets to go see each other okay. um that kind of thing um so it's uh you can go to the, the Big Brother subreddit okay the Big Brother subreddit where you need to go. so Josh got upset with that correct because he like he blocked Mark on Twitter I think something yes yeah so I mean that's part of what Josh talked about uh in his interview with me which is that like he she's trying to not let that get to him but he is a 23 year old kid and like he uh it it makes him angry and sometimes he just wants to lash out but he's trying to do his best to like uh like 
be mature and, and not not really lash out as much as he can. I think he did respond with one tweet, but uh, for the most part, Josh has been uh, doing pretty well at staying okay. out of it. I heard he I heard um, he responded with a tweet and then he deleted it. But of course, you know, nothing in Twitter is ever truly deleted because people capture stuff all the time. So yeah, yeah. Yes. But I will say uh, really and, quickly, uh, just as a, a general aside, I'm sure Melissa's probably with me on this. Um, I feel like if you lean into the joke, it really it makes everything a lot better like i'm not you know maybe this was an uncomfortable situation for him but i feel like on balance you know having your face um plastered on you know <laughs> I, I get the joke about what the paper's used for uh but i mean like you got to lean into that a little bit like if that's the worst thing people can say about you i mean like that's that's pretty funny and like i mean people make fun of me all the time for the shit that i do and you just you have to lean into the joke, you know. But then again, I am forty two, almost forty three. Taryn, I'm almost forty three years old, and uh, Josh is twenty three. So there it makes it kind of tough. Yes. <laughs> uh, and um, from from all accounts, uh, Matt and Raven uh, still still together. That still is going strong. Amazing, Melissa. And they I have, can't believe that they have not been embarrassing themselves on social media. <laughs> Who would have guessed? I, I'm stunned. I really am. Not, not embarrassing themselves on social media, and they are still together. And of course, I always expected Jessica and Cody to be together. And I love looking back on Big Brother 19 because uh, I, me and Melissa, were on the Cody bandwagon long before everybody else got aboard the Cody mm -hmm. bandwagon. And, yeah, if you uh, look at our like cast assessment yes. from before the season even started. Yes. <laughs> She's like the Cheshire cat with the smile. She's like, yeah, yeah. that was me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know how to pick them. I picked Dimitri's <laughs> and I picked Cody, and they were both standouts. So yes, uh, there's say? actually there's also Big Brother Canada drama now that I'm now that we're talking about it. Um, I guess this is the drama recap yeah, section so what, of the yeah, podcast. So what happened with the? Uh, it was Ika and uh, uh, and Bruno. Bruno. Yes. Um, uh, Bruno unwittingly <laughs> entered into this trauma. <laughs> um, he did an AMA on Reddit where uh, he basically said something along the lines of like, "Yeah, Ika wouldn't have won if she made it to the final two, and uh, he he didn't think that she played super great." Uh, something along those lines. Um, and uh, Ika really went hard for him uh, uh, on Twitter. And uh, and then, you know, Netta somehow got involved, I think. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, this because the, of course, of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that happened. Um, Ika versus uh, Bruno versus Cindy versus uh, Netta and basically the entire uh, Big Brother Canada uh, alumni uh, Ika is against, I think. All of this is like my least favorite part of Big Brother. Well, yeah, this and like the psycho fandom. I, I just like. It it makes me just hate everyone after the show. I feel like it's like a tradition. <laughs> it's like after the show ends, you realize who they really are on Twitter or whatever and their new social media persona. And it's like, oh, yeah, this person who I loved, I hate this person now. Like, And then eventually they all seem to calm down and become normal people again. But like for a while, it's like you have to just like turn everybody off. I just remember when Zach Rance came out of the house and I was like in love with him. And I was like, he's amazing. He's so great. I can't wait to see him again on a show. And then it was like, he turned everybody off after that. They were like, who is this guy? This is not the guy we liked in the house. Cause I think, well, not to go into a Zach thing, but I think in terms of like, just to focus on this for a second, when Zach in the house, everybody liked the way he really was like the way he was when he wasn't trying to say like, Oh, fruit loop dingus and da da da. They liked that. He was like, funny and entertaining and silly and but also sweet and Genuine. had a good heart 
and genuine. Mm-hmm. And he's like crying in the diary room. People were like, this guy, I hated him at first. And now like we've broken past this like horrible shell and he's actually a great guy. And then the second he comes out, he's like, oh, everyone likes the Fruit Loop Dingus thing. I'm going <laughs> to stick with that. And he like closes back up this shell and becomes just like this like over the top, like, you know, character caricature of himself. And it like, I feel like that's what people have been doing ever since they leave the house. They think that like whatever was shown on the show is what people liked rather than the stuff that people saw in the live feeds. And it's just so disappointing. I, Taryn, I feel like yes. I'm not really surprised about this though, because these are the kind of people that get on reality television shows. Like the people who get into fights with people on Twitter are the kind of people who are going to get cast on a reality TV show. I remember the other day when I was, you know, sort of fighting with Joe from Survivor 35 and someone responded to me and said, you know, Brent, I really like, I thought you were above this. And then someone else responded like, what has he ever done to show you that he would be above this? <laughs> and I would have like liked that tweet like a thousand times. Like, I mean, like, come on, like, you know, like this is the, this is kind of who we are, you know, the kind of people that do this sort of thing. So I, I'm here for all of that when Ike is going after everybody. I mean, it gives me something to talk about. It's kind of fun. And, you know, like, don't take it too seriously. And I feel like that uh, I have a good perspective on all of that. But maybe some other people don't. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, you should not be surprised when Ika picks a fight with somebody or when Brent picks a fight with somebody. Uh, it's it's in their nature. Um, yeah, don't tweet me and then not expect me to call you out at Brent. What the hell? Seriously, oh he's that dumb. He's let's that let's dumb. not let's not further antagonize the Survivor players. Um, but uh, I, I did see some people uh, talking more about. I just want to clarify about Bruno. Uh, he was asked a question. Like he didn't go out of his way to yes. uh, throw shade or anything. He was asked a question in his AMA that was then uh, somebody took a screenshot out of context and showed it to Ika, and uh, you know that's how <laughs> these things uh, go. Um, so anyway, there's uh, you know drama. It it lasts it lasts forever, and then uh, by the time the next season starts, um, people will stop caring. Um, so, I just wanted to uh, ask you really quickly: Can we talk like just big big picture about like what both of these seasons meant? Uh, because like I feel like looking back on this year and Big Brother Canada Five, I didn't know how Ika could top herself in Big Brother Canada 5 after what she did previously. But boy, I was wrong. And that combined with the fact that her partner in crime barely made it out of week one in a seven to six vote. I had forgotten about that. I mean, it's just such an amazing season. If you look at it through that lens, that the person with like probably the biggest target on her back, who nobody really took seriously in Ica, and the guy who barely made it out of a week one vote, seven to six against another newbie, ended up being the king and queen of the season, even though they didn't win the game. I feel like that that's just that's just such great storytelling. This is where I like I would really agree with Arissa when she's talking about the season. I mean, it's just you can't buy that sort of stuff. You can't buy that sort of drama. The stuff that happened in the double eviction to Netta, you can't write things like that. If you if you gave it to Hollywood and said, okay, the minute she is, loses immunity, she's going to be evicted. Nobody would believe you. Like, I mean, how is that possible? And also, Taryn, the reversal of fortune of Netta from going from, you know, robbed goddess to someone on Twitter who a lot of people don't really care for anymore and who probably on balance has lost a lot of her popularity uh, I don't know that she could have done anything different given the way things played out, but she certainly, I feel like this is one instance where she didn't, she, I feel like she, the car was going off the road and she took the wheel and went like that. Like she really made sure it went off the road, but uh, 
that's what that's my general assessment of Big Brother Canada. Five, I, Big Brother nineteen. I feel like that it was it was it was gone the moment they cast Paul in the house. Yeah, uh, Big Brother Canada five was was momentous in a lot of different ways. It really and, was. Uh, it was almost the end of Big Brother Canada. It, w- it was almost the series finale. Um, and uh, you know, I think they 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 could have done worse in terms of uh, final seasons. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like uh, like the the story of Ika and Dimitri's, the story of uh of Netta. Um, and the downfall, and then Kevin, you know, uh, breaking the game. Uh, there was a lot of of really uh, great storylines throughout stories. that season. Yes, things yeah. that mm-hmm. through they were, and they also when Melissa and I were talking about well, our problems with Big Brother nineteen, we you know we didn't know where to follow the story. The story was clear on Big Brother Canada five from the moment you entered that season about who was with who, and then when you saw their alliance, their allegiances change, you understood why. And you were with them like, you know, you knew that Ika had to take she had to make those tough votes against Cass, against Gary. Like we we we, you know, we felt for her when she had to cast those votes because we know that that's not what she wanted to have happen. She wanted to take Cass and Gary with her into the game, but she couldn't. And she had to vote against them for reasons, uh, you know, which were strategy. Um, But then to see her allegiances change in the double eviction and to get the house behind her to get Cindy to flip over. Uh, I mean, I thought it was, yeah, sorry. I thought it was interesting how both seasons kind of started out in a similar way where it's like they had a big giant group and for big brother Canada, it was like they had this group and then like the group split into factions and then the factions like came at each other and it was like so intricate and awesome. Yes. And then for big brother 19, it was like, there was this huge group and then the group just marched forward with Paul as the leader, picking off the outsiders and then like the outside person of the group one by one until the end. And yep. it was just like, you get oh, that storyline is so old. The storyline is so boring. It's Nobody, not entertaining. It's, you know, it's just, it's like Probst talks about on Survivor. Nobody ever wanted to make a big move. Nobody ever, nobody ever wanted to stand up to Paul. They, mm-hmm. Even when they made jury, I kept thinking like when, you know, Matt makes jury, he's gonna, he's gonna do something, but he, but he didn't tear and he was still the same guy that he yeah. always was a scared <laughs> player. If, if mm-hmm. you guys ever get on one of these reality shows, you have to make me a promise because this is what the promise I've always made to myself that I would not be scared to go out during week one you have to play it that way you cannot be scared to go out if you want to play a winning game i feel like i don't feel like there there was never a point in time where i feel like josh was scared like he was willing to go for the golden apple during week one because he was just he wanted to make a move to save himself you know what i mean all of his moves all his moves were made out of fear i think i I don't think there were any of his moves that were like I'm going to do this because this is the right move. Like, this is the move that's going to yes. get me farther. It was like, oh, my God, Like, what do I do? Okay, like, I'm just going to get the apple. Like, I don't want to go out. Or, like, I'm just right. going to go for this person because I don't want to be though. mad or whatever. It's a, it's, they it's are a, moves, but, right. you know, it's like. It's, it's a move made in fear, but it's an aggressive, it's an offensive move. Whereas the stuff that, like, Matt did was, there was no, there was yeah, nothing yeah. There, was, there. There was no move. Right. There was no yeah. move. There was no there, think, there. Yeah. And I think the most, like, the most difficult thing to watch for Big Brother 19 was that even when people realized that Paul was in control and that Paul was like basically marching them all to their doom and like into the slaughterhouse, it's like, they still didn't do anything. And it's like, they were like, well, you know, it's fine because Paul should win or it's fine because, you know, Paul's doing a good job or like, I, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to make it this far. It's like, 
So it, it was just so disappointing all around because it was it was disappointing that no one was figuring it out. And then once people were figuring it out, it was disappointing that nobody cared. Like nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like when we look at the how the season started with the big groups, I think the main difference was that Big Brother Canada Five had a bunch of good bold players, and mm-hmm. Big Brother Nineteen had one good bold player. When uh, it, it was sort of like Big Brother Canada Five, it was like all of these experienced players using the new players as their pawns, and so it was like one big sloppy game of chess with a bunch of different sides. And then uh, you know Kevin Martin uh, like cheated with his superpowers, um, and then. Uh, Big Brother 19 was like a, a kid playing with action figures. Mm-hmm. Like Paul was just like, oh, yeah, go at each other. And then he'd be like, ah, you're gone. Um, and then, uh, you know, at the end, he like tripped over a rock or something. Yeah. Did, um, uh, did Josh but, ever admit afterwards? Like, because I remember one of the most disappointing things at the end of Big Brother 19 was that in all the interviews, Josh was like, yeah, Paul and I were a duo. We were going all the way to the end together. And I had to stick with them. Like, look at us, da, da, da. And did he ever realize, like, did he ever come to his senses that, like, Paul was not in a duo with him? Like, Paul was out for himself, and it just so happened that Josh helped him in the end and that Paul kept him along. Like, they were never, like, this duo where they were, like, coming up with strategy together or anything like that. It was just Josh being strung along. I feel like Josh's response to that, Taryn, in listening to your interview with him, was more like, well, you know, Paul had to do what Paul had to do. He was a player, just like I was a player. I was thinking about my self-interest, too. I mean, there's a little bit of whitewashing that happens with it. it it's yeah. never acknowledged. And Taryn, that's my problem with Big Brother 19 as a whole is that it was the case for me of like the ruined orgasm, you know, where you're like, you're about ready to have an <laughs> orgasm and your mom walks in the room or something like right at that moment. You know, that's what happened because stay with me here. You're, I know you'll understand. Yeah, this. I love Melissa's okay. reaction to that. <laughs> this is the thing be- because like every time we thought we were going to get something, we're, we're going to get it out of big brother 19 then paul would find a way to like it would just it would be ruined because he would somehow find a way to hide behind the shadow every time we thought he was going to be caught he found a way to get people to cover for him and then we never got off we never got what we wanted from the show whereas in big brother canada 5 you know people are going at each other left and right and there's no there's no mystery in anybody's mind where where everybody is, and so every week when somebody was eliminated, when Netta was eliminated, there were just so off, many you know? orgasms. Yes. An orgasm Dude, every, every week. week. It was like <laughs> it was like right. a bounty of orgasms in Big Brother Canada Five because of like have you got what you wanted every time, whether it was for you or against you. Every time Kevin won immunity or HOH, I was like, oh man, but it was you know, but it it, it gave me the you know like the bang that I needed. You know what I mean? Like where <laughs> there was nothing during Big Brother Nineteen. That's all. I, I, I feel like that's the best analogy here. I really do. It was great. <laughs> uh, Jorge in the chat took my my uh, example to another level, and this is perfect. Uh, he said uh, Paul was uh, Sid from Toy Story, um, and like that's just he was. Yeah. He just tortured his toys, and then they came alive at the end, and and uh, you know beat him. And what's frustrating um, is after the fact, everybody is like, everybody's like, well, you know, I knew he was controlling it all along. Like I knew what was happening. I just. For my game, oh, yeah. I wanted to make sure that I like did this or that. And it's like, you didn't know anything. Because if Karen you did, there's ample time to say it in the diary room or in like to any camera. So you didn't know. Taryn, can we please throw shade on Elena and Paul? Because I'm, this, is, this is a question you got. I mean, it was tweeted to us. Uh, I, I'm sure you can tell me who was the person who tweeted it. But they wanted us to talk about the bullshit of Paul saying that he threw the final HOH part three, that he threw part three to Josh. 
And number two, the fact that Elena is trying to say after the fact that she would have nominated Paul if she got power once his immunity was up. When, of course, we have evidence of her talking with Jessica privately saying, you know what, if I win HOH next week, I'm going to have to put up Cody. Yeah. And Jessica's like, well, just don't backdoor him. She's like, oh, I won't. I promise. Like there was no Elena. You were never, ever going to nominate Paul. Never. You were too flippin' scared. Okay? Yeah. Right? Are you with me, so, Taryn? I feel like <laughs> yeah. the only good parts of Big Brother 19 in terms of, like, getting people getting their comeuppance was, like, once people got Al, and then they were, like, then you finally got, like, a realization from them, like, Alex telling Jason, like, I really messed this up for us, or, like, you know, Elena saying she should have done this or that, or, like, whatever. Right. We finally got people saying stuff like that, but it's, like, that only... It makes you so happy. Like, that only gets you so far into liking a season. Because, like, I like that that happened, but, like, did it make up for the fact that everything else was terrible? Like, Did it no. make up for the fact that we watched bullshit for 13 weeks? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Not really. Yeah. yeah. Any any single person on Big Brother 19 that claimed to be, like, oh, I was the one that was on to Paul and was going to do something about it. Every single one of them is lying. Cody is the only person that made mm-hmm. a preemptive strike against Paul, and he did it really poorly. And then when he had another chance at it, he didn't do it the second time. So, like, there's not a single person on that cast that can say, I knew, because the only reason they ever found out was because Paul had already ostracized them. Right. Elena eventually figured out, oh, Paul is running things. Well after Paul had eliminated her from the group, it was weeks later that she realized she was on the outs. And at that point, there was nothing that she could do about it. Uh, We talked about it. There was no scenario where Paul goes home, even if Elena wins HOH and tries to nominate him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was the worst uh, part about that, you know, because the thing in in our seasons that I feel like we need as fans is hope. You know, and I know it might be like 11 to 1 or 10 to 1 that somebody wins HOH, but it's a hope, Taryn, mm-hmm. that we might, that the scenario might happen where somebody wins HOH and nominates the person we want out of the house. But Melissa, there was no way to get Paul out of the house, even if they did win HOH and nominate him. He was protected from all sides. And that's what was so frustrating. Yeah, because even people who might have made a move, like maybe Jason would have, like, you know. Right. That's about it. But uh, yeah. maybe Jason would have made a move. Like. The second he would have won HOH, Alex or Kevin or whoever would have convinced him not to do it. So even the people who like might have done it, they weren't strong enough in their own, you know, yeah. they had no conviction, to do it. no conviction yeah. whatsoever. So there was never any real hope. It was like the only hope is if Jason wins HOH and then somehow we isolate him from everybody else <laughs> and get him to do it. It's like there was no hope. Yeah, we need yeah, I mean, the Big Brother Canada it, thing where they take him in the uh, diary room and make him not make nominations right away. Or you know what yeah. they could do? You know what they could do is a backwards week because you guys remember how much I liked that. Where they just <laughs> you know backwards week on Big Brother Canada Five where I ranted on Periscope and I was like, I remember I was coming home from the casino and I got lost. And I was so mad <laughs> because my like my GPS took me like the long way. And I ended up like finding out what happened because I, I thought there was a chance that Cass was going to get saved. And then backwards week said, no, 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 we, we didn't mean that. <laughs> this podcast well, right now that- is 
bringing up my inner turmoil <laughs> from before. I was like fine and at peace with the season. I was at peace with all the big brothers for this year. And I was thinking back on it when you guys, when we like talked about doing this, I was like, you know what? Like this has been a pretty good year for big brother. And now I'm like, this was the worst year for big brother. Like everything <laughs> is horrible. I hated this. Like this no, is good. because if that's, if that's happening to you, then that means that's happening to the people who are listening to us, Taryn. <laughs> and you know, I, I forgot about these things, but I went back and made notes about things that were irritating me throughout the season. And I feel like I've been like, I've been sucking the kneecaps of big brother Canada a little bit too much. So I wanted to make sure I ding them a little bit with that whole backwards week and how stupid that was. Uh, I just want them to know that. Okay. Moving on. Well, I think really all Paul needed was to like to lose control was, uh, you know, let the 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 crowd boo uh, leak into the house. And then, uh, yeah. then we might have seen some disruption because <laughs> yeah. uh, we did. We did see that on uh, on one of these seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's talk about Kevin, because uh, I feel like Kevin's when uh, we talked about it a little bit, sort of like how he broke the game and like, how does that fit in? I still have trouble thinking about Kevin's win in comparison to anybody else's win, because it's just so different. And like, when I'm thinking like, where does Kevin rank in the big brother Canada winners? I'm not sure because I feel like in big brother Canada five, he wins a vast majority of the time. And that's better than like any other big brother player. Like just like the fact that he can win out from final eight on very consistently is, is insane, but it will only work once. And it was his second chance. So it's like, like, how do you reconcile all of that and put it into one package and say, this is where he is ranked? Uh, I'm not sure. I I feel like as as a as a single game, it's perhaps one of the best we've seen because it's uh, it's it's not conventional, but it's extremely effective. But in terms of the game of Big Brother, I think it's not quite as effective so uh it's hard for me to to rank him i think i would ultimately have um him in second uh but it's 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 a tough spot where what do you think melissa yeah i mean i think his win was really impressive i think that everyone was against him as it got down to it and i always you know i mean i always root for the underdog especially if they seem to know what they're doing and they actually like it's not just them you know, being the one person left to root for. He actually was rootable throughout. It just was kind of overshadowed by a lot of other people. So, I mean, I was totally impressed by what he was doing. And I think that, I think that he played it right. I mean, by the end, at least, you know, he had won all of those various competitions and it was just really impressive to see how he did it. I don't know. I liked it. I was satisfied with his win. I'd have to co-sign that. Uh, it depends on how much weight you put into all of these wins because he certainly didn't... He wasn't moving hearts and minds within the game. I mean, he wasn't going to get anybody else to take him to the end. Um, I have to say that I was really impressed by it, looking back on it, now that we have some distance. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it sums up what a lot of people were saying about how Chrissy wasn't getting the respect that she deserved on Survivor as opposed to, like, say, Mike Holloway when he's winning challenges. The difference being that, you know, for the most part, Chrissy's back wasn't up against the wall when she won those immunities, whereas Mike Holloway, his back was against the wall. Likewise, here with Kevin, his back was against the wall, you know, from final eight on. And every time over and over and over again, he got himself out of trouble. He was just too good. It's like a poker hand where somebody flips over a full house after you have a straight. And you're like, man, that's just too good. You know, there's nothing I can do against that. So I think I would probably have to rank him pretty high 
Um, I don't think I could put him in the top three, but I'd have him like four or five. I mean, I'm ha- I'd have him pretty high in my rankings just because of that one game. I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with what I said. Uh, that one game is just so impressive to me that I think it has to be acknowledged. Yeah, I, it's, 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 it's again, it's a weird thing because if we're looking at it in the way that we structured the winner rankings, right? Like if you drop them in a random season, uh, how, what are their chances of winning? I feel like he doesn't perform super well. Uh, I think that he is a, a capable, self-aware player. But uh, as you mentioned, Brent, like he wasn't getting to the end without those those competition wins. So that needs to be a factor. Like he needs to have that that setup that he that he utilized to get to the end. But he did have that setup, and he did he did break that game. And so and it's like, also specific. If you, to Big Brother Canada, because if he's on Big Brother right. US, there's a point in time where you have to play the game. You know, the, the Big Brother or Big Brother, <clears throat> uh, Big Brother US, the final HOH challenge. There's a point in time where it's not that you can't prepare for that. Even you could be the best challenge beast on the planet like Paul is and you could still lose the game. But Paul still found a way to get Josh to take him to the end. Whereas uh, Kevin really never had to. He never had to face that demon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so so it's it's sort of um, it's it's like uh like in a like in a video game or something when somebody is like the champion of a patched out version of the game where it's like they're not the best anymore but they were the best before this exploit got patched so like you want to remember them uh, and honor what they did right. but when you're ranking them in terms of the actual the game that's being played uh, you can't really take that into account. Um, so, like, extremely impressive what Kevin Knight was able to do. In his interview with me, he talked about just, like, and this is 100% true, like, if he goes into, like, the majority of those competitions against Dimitri, he's going to win them. Like, if he played them 100 times, he'll win them 99 out of 100 times. Like, he's always going to win them. He was just so much more prepared. Um, but again you know that wouldn't have worked on big brother us he only wins that final two comp- uh, final three competition in big brother us you know like one out of two times maybe you can improve your odds slightly like maybe uh you know two out of five times or something or three out of five times uh whatever it is um but yeah so ultimately in the big brother canada rankings he doesn't have a lot of tough competition so i would put him uh, second to john there um but in the big brother us rankings um, I think he is. I think he does kind of fall down a bit uh, just because he, he, he can't compete in the Big Brother U.S. season. So it's not really a fair comparison. Yeah, it's not a fair comparison. Um, but yeah, but in terms of like impressive wins, I do think he's up there with some of the best of them. Um, like not in terms of ranking him as a player, but in terms of ranking his game. I think that it's, it's one of the more impressive games and that we've seen on Big Brother. And he the, the improvements that he made. Do we think that he made improvements over the flaws that he said that he had during Big Brother Canada 3? Because he acknowledged <clears throat> when he was assessing his game from 3... You know, his inability to convince Sarah that he was in her corner and she saw through that. And he also was a little bit cold fish to some people when talking strategy. They felt like that he was always up to something. I don't really know if he got I don't know if. Well, how much success did he have trying to change that game? Do you think, Taryn? I do think he had some success. I think that, you know, when we look at William using the veto on on Kevin, I think that was that was huge for oh, him. And it's thirsty. ultimately what saved I him. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, he like he did have some difficulty convincing William that he was on his side. But when it came down to it, he did get the veto used on him. And, you know, <laughs> Br- Bruno ultimately 
essentially like goes out working working for Kevin and uh you know everybody loves him in the jury house um so he had those relationships and he actually he was doing pretty well uh, we have to remember that like if if the Netta thing doesn't happen in the double right. eviction, then the entire game is different. And Kevin isn't put on the outs like that. Um, and who knows what he could have done from there. Yeah, of course, he has to compete against Netta, though, in those challenges. If she's yeah. And I feel like she she's not going to let him go, you know, eight to zero or whatever the hell he went. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that Netta probably competes better. But I, again, like just his amount of preparation, I don't think anybody could have beaten Kevin in the majority of those competitions down from the final eight. So, um you know, it's it's a it's it's a tricky spot to to rate Kevin, but it's again Big Brother Canada five very interesting outcome. Like uh, regardless, it was a very entertaining journey with an awesome, interesting yes. outcome. I I really enjoyed. This I remember season. I did a Periscope, Melissa, where I was like, you know, after they removed Dylan from the house. Actually, we were uh, me, Taryn, and uh, the other friends from our podcast house were there at this taping when Dylan was evicted at Final Five. And I went back on Periscope the next day and was like, you know, whoever wins of this Final Four, like, I'm totally cool with that. You know, like, mm -hmm. Kevin or Karen. And I felt like that was the most likely Final Two at that point. But also, Ika and Dimitris. I mean, like, you know, I would have been thrilled with any one of those people. Whereas, you know, I can't say the same of Big Brother 19 necessarily. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one person I was rooting for was Josh, and he ended up winning by this hair of his chinny chin chin. Yes. Uh, so let, let's talk about some of the other uh, notable players from uh, from these two seasons. Um, I would say best, but there's really when I thought about who are the best players, um, you know, from Big Brother 19. All right. There's Paul. And even he wasn't that great. Uh, Big Brother Canada 5. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of great players in Big Brother. Oh, but they all did really poorly, didn't they? Um yeah. all right. Uh, so yeah, tough, tough to pick the best players, but I do think uh ultimately Paul is a standout. Obviously, Kevin in his own right. And then a third player that I sort of thought of, like who who else is standing out to me? I do think Dimitri, despite the fact that he had to rely on some competitions and he almost was evicted week one. Um, I do think that in terms of the new players, he really was a standout. He did have a decent social game uh he was very good at the competitions if kevin wasn't there then uh dimitri dominates uh, yeah. i think a vast yeah. majority of those i mean he's the kind of person that you just want to keep around right melissa i mean he's so yeah. chill i mean he's the fact so that he's sweet able to have a good social game while connected at the hip with ika like that's, well, that's the thing I, I, he's got a great social game I think a lot of the weaknesses in his game can be attributed to the fact that he was connected to Ika. Yeah. And if he hadn't been, I think he wouldn't have been in as much trouble as he was mm -hmm. and wouldn't have needed to win as many competitions as he did. Yeah. Um, that said, I could also saved him week one. So maybe he would have been evicted week one without Ika. So yeah. uh, it's kind of a give and take. But I do think he I do think if he had been evicted week one, it would have been a little bit of a fluke. I think he has a lot of potential as a player, um, more so than probably any other new player on that season um you know you might say william was was ah, had some potential that whatever. was snuffed out but um it's it's yeah it's very much like big brother 19 where it's like maybe they could have done yeah. something but they didn't um no, and, uh, was, for new players you know what my problem was with william I, my problem with william was that he was with kevin and he saved him because he was thirsty and i just wish he would have come out and said that you know what taryn if i went on a show and there was somebody like cody there 
and I, I became besties with him like in a bromance or something and he was like his his butt was on the line and i had the veto i'd put the thing around his neck and say you know what i just think you're hot and that's why i saved you <laughs> and william well, would not thing. do that <laughs> he should well, have saved both kevin and bruno that was the yeah, move he that's what both he should have done either. right God, that would have been and, amazing yeah Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I mean, and speaking of Cody, I think Cody is a standout, and so is Jess. Um, and especially, but especially Cody, because I think that he's such an anomaly for a Big Brother casting. And I think that we were all pretty surprised that he was cast in the first place. But now that people ended up loving him, and he was such like a, I mean, he got America's favorite. I hope that. Big Brother will learn from that and be like, okay, we can cast some not, you know, social media moguls. star people, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, social media moguls. Like, we can just cast people who don't necessarily want the limelight and aren't super outrageous and like, I'm in your face. Like, you know, hopefully that will start getting a new crop of Big Brother people because we've been really going in the other direction, unfortunately. Yeah, I will say, Taryn, I, like, aside from his body, which is to die for. <laughs> Cody's a pretty normal guy. Like he's got like normal friends and like lives mm-hmm. in a normal town and comes with like, you know, like problems with the previous relationship. And, you know, like uh, he's a single dad. And I mean, like, you know, he I mean, he's, just, he's like, a, he's like, going, everybody, going to I mean, he's got quirks. Yes. I, look, <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember the time yeah. in big brother 19 where I was already on the Cody train with Jessica and y'all were off doing something not melissa not not melissa but everybody else all you people out there and then the night of the fight when we were getting ready to do an lfc show when that fight was going down with raven in the backyard oh that was crazy because we had to postpone the show we were like that was was, a fun one that was we were sitting here in the yeah we were like we were in the the hangout like watching the fighting go on and like making the occasional comment like oh my god yeah Yeah. it always seemed all the fights seemed to happen right before our roundtable on mondays yes but that was the point in time where like if you were if you were not previously on the Cody and Jessica bandwagon, you quickly got aboard. Now I know there's some people who are like, I'm never gonna board that. He is he's whatever. But I mean, like most people, <laughs> the majority of fans who think rationally like me were on the Cody <laughs> and Jessica bandwagon after that point. And uh, you know, yeah. it was it was nice to know that I was right all along. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That I, I like Brent's definition of rationality. Um <laughs> I do I do agree, actually. I think that Cody was uh, you know, he had he had his problems for sure. I I would be the first person to point them out. I don't think he was a, a very good player either, but I think he was the best casting uh, that that Big Brother had all year. If you don't count the vets from Big Brother Canada, since they had already been previously cast on uh, other seasons, the new players for sure he beats out all of them. Um, and the on Big Brother nineteen, I think he's a standout. I think that he's different. He's he was entertaining in a different way, and I I completely agree, Melissa. I hope that they continue with that trend. Uh, someone else in the chat pointed out it's kind of like Lauren on Survivor, and I agree. Like these more low key normal people, they can be entertaining. That was what you started with. That was the origin of yeah. Survivor and Big Brother was that you had normal people to contrast the crazy people and that makes for much better television and it makes for much more interesting character study and all of that so i i completely agree i hope that they uh they learn something from cody and i hope that they don't just go for like somebody who's now a caricature of cody who you know is yeah they just need more Um, normal people and i feel like i just remember like talking last year about like what are they going to learn from 
this year's crop of Big Brother, you know, seasons. And we were like, well, we just had OTT. So now they might take some of this OTT stuff and put it in uh, to the new season. Like, what about the live diary rooms or what about, you know, this or that? And they didn't take any of it. So yeah. it's really like, we're just going to lose all day. Like, we're going to be talking and like, oh, maybe they'll learn. They will not learn. They will never learn. That's I remember key. last year when we did our end of the year podcast, we talked about like, what were some of the things from OTT that we would like to see carried over? And basically all of the things that we wanted went away and in some cases we got like worse yeah like less of it yeah and then it's all of like the bad things that we hated we got even more like like twists throughout the game like care packages and oh, all of that God. stuff they even survivor get rid of those even, stupid care packages yeah, even survivor ended up taking the final four twist from big brother ott like all of the worst parts of big brother ott somehow survived and infected all of Everything. the other seasons and none of the good parts None of them. Uh, yeah, so I really the, hate the cl- idea of these not care package things. And like, I mean, I could go with those care package things if it wasn't like, okay, you give it to them and then next week they, or like all the next weeks they're ineligible. Because that was creating a problem because we didn't know who we liked in the beginning. Like we didn't know. And then as it went on, we were like, oh shoot, I don't want to give it to any of these people. I want to give it back to these people. Right. And yeah, you looking back do on it. that. That temptation twist that we gave to Christmas, like, I, like if we could undo that, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like I would have undone that in a heartbeat. But we didn't know at the time. We thought we liked her. Yeah, and, exactly. And so I'm fine with that if they want to keep it going forward. And I, I think the reason why they did it that way is because they wanted to negate the possibility that, uh, that you know, a Big Brother 15 thing happens again, where Alyssa just keeps getting it over and over again. But the way you do that is you don't cast people who we already know. You don't cast people who already have a built-in fan base. And then you don't have to worry about that anymore. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, yes. it was it was it was a little rigged there with the whole like let's bring Paul back and let's make sure we give $25,000 the biggest prize they've ever given out aside from like the runner up to get Paul into the house. Oh, then by the way, there is a twist which gives immunity and y'all get to vote on it and it's Paul and 16 people who you don't know who the hell they are and now you got to vote yeah, I mean, just stop, stop insulting our intelligence, okay? Just stop. Like, if you want to yeah. give Paul immunity, just give him immunity. Don't, yeah, like, don't just do it. Don't make us vote. do it for like, you. Stop that bullshit. That was ridiculous. <laughs> don't make us way, complicit. Yeah, I, I wanted, seriously, they make us complicit in their terrible plans. I wanted to, while we're talking about this, I wanted to quickly touch on a tweet from uh, our friend of the podcast, Colin Stone. Uh, I weighed in on it. Taryn, I don't know if you did or not, or what your thoughts were on this. But uh, I'd like to hear Melissa's thoughts, too. Um, to Colin said that between Survivor Game Changers, Big Brother 19, and now Survivor HHH with this Final Four bullshit twist, um, was, it, was this the weakest season, uh, well, the weakest year of CBS television programming as far as reality competitions go ever? Like, Taryn, uh, since I, just, I know you saw this tweet, so what, what did you think of that? Because I agreed with it because there, while, while there were some elements from a few shows that I liked, I felt like so many of these seasons had so much stink on them between the Paul bring back and Game Changers with all the immunities that eliminated Sari and she didn't even have a vote against her. It was like a Vantage Armageddon. And then this Final Four bullshit twist on Survivor right out of BBOTT, where, you know, Chrissy beats Ben in the final immunity challenge. She thinks she's got him out of the game. And then they, the game says, no, well, we're going we're gonna to give him another chance now, which has never been done before. So do you feel like that this is, this is the worst ever year for CBS? 
Um, it's hard to say because I don't remember other years in particular. I do think that last year was probably a better year as a whole. Um, I think we had like millennials versus Gen X in that year, um, which by itself, I think, uh, probably overtakes, uh, all of the seasons this year in, in my, in my book at least, but I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed heroes, uh, versus heroes versus hustlers. Um, you know, I, the ending was certainly a bad one, but I loved the journey. Um, and you know, I, I would have preferred to see a Devin or Chrissy win, uh, for sure. Um, but if that had happened, then I would have picked them in the draft. So it, <laughs> it wouldn't have, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't necessarily like, it wasn't all bad for me. I also, I enjoyed big brother Canada five a lot. I enjoyed heroes, healers, hustlers a lot. Um, game changers was kind of weird, uh, but I enjoyed it uh, as a whole. Um, I, it wasn't like, a you know, uh, Nicaragua or anything. Um, so uh, and and big even Big Brother nineteen like I I there were it was a lot to enjoy for me I I liked watching Paul do his work um, even though a lot of people didn't and then uh, so yeah I I don't I don't think I'd agree that it's the worst maybe in terms of like the direction that these shows are going in terms of introducing more and more twists and more returning player versus new player kind of situations that's a disturbing trend for sure uh but i i enjoyed my year of of uh okay. cbs reality melissa uh i'm not exactly sure because i don't even remember game changers so <laughs> i guess maybe that is telling i guess that's the but, biggest uh, indictment of all when you don't, yeah, remember, I don't somebody. remember it at all but yeah and i did watch it um yeah, so I do not know the answer to this question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that I know that there's a couple of people who said like the, the South Pacific uh, year. I think I also had One World or maybe I'm mixing the two up. But it was, those are pretty bad seasons as well. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that. I feel like that there's a lot of stink on these CBS shows. And the reason that they have so much stink for me is the twists. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm look, I come from the school of twists so i'm i'm with you if you want to throw some twists into the game occasionally but don't alter the fundamentals of the game yeah. like don't don't throw in one person like i remember uh, uh the producer of the show i forget her name it's the big brother whoever the, the, the gal you know what i'm talking about said that putting paul into the game putting one person into the game shouldn't really affect uh, how the game was going to be played. And of course, you know, they course, I was glad yeah. somebody held her feet to the fire and asked her to reevaluate that. And then her and Rich Meehan were like, uh, well, we, that was probably like a one-off thing. Like that wouldn't happen again, which I'm like, don't try it again. Yeah, don't do don't. it again. <laughs> it's happened both times that you've tried it. So, Right. Like, so yes. Ridiculous. Yes. When you put Jason in the BBOTT house, he made it to well, the yeah. three times actually. Now that you mentioned lost. it, uh, Jesse, Jason, and uh, and Paul. Um, I lost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, any any other standout uh, characters that we? I mean, uh, Kevin. I think was a uh, Kevin um, from Big Brother nineteen was a great uh, addition to the Big Brother cast. I think. Um, and uh, Karen w- was fantastic. Um, but yeah, they, they, apart from that, there really weren't like there was no standout player. Yeah, there were uh, I still only a couple like, of standout characters. I, I, I will say that I feel like Alex Al from uh, Big Brother 19. I, I feel like that she is at least in the conversation. I know that she made some bonehead moves during the game. I know she said those things that I, I still look back in amazement when her saying, you know, friendship. He would never go against friendship. Uh, That's his mantra. <laughs> but uh, she's. She's so feisty. <laughs> she, she's feisty. She's not going to hide. She's a comp challenge beast. And <laughs> she's having I, flashbacks. I'm literally having 
Well, I just feel like that uh, Alex is somebody that is just somebody we don't see a lot on television. You know, I, I like that. So I feel like the, I feel like she's at least in the conversation. So there you go. Yeah, like, I, I, honestly, I, you if know, she had we... just picked a different allegiance, I could have been like in love with her. So you wanted you know. to like her. You I wanted, wanted to. to desperately. Yes, yes. I we, wanted we, to like so Christmas made her so, frustrated. so much. Yeah, we both did. We both wanted to love her. I wanted to love her so much when she was like when she went HOH during week three or four. Yeah, and she, she and she's like, I got a plan. Uh, like, oh, yeah. I was like, she's yeah, got a, she's got a plan. She's, this is it, she's guys. got a plan. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ugh. I was just gonna say in terms of like conversation topics can we also talk about like the funniest moments from yes each, yes from the season because oh, I already know my funniest moments one funny moment though my funny moment from Big Brother Canada is when Karen was super hungover and walked outside into the uh hot tub room and threw up and it was just <laughs> in the middle she was like talking and then she was like blah <laughs> That was hilarious. And then my moment from Big Brother 19, what have two. One, obviously, is uh, Cody saying, hold that thought. And oh, yes. two <laughs> is when Kevin thought that Christmas, thought that Kevin smelled Christmas's butt. Do you guys remember that? When he like, when she like leaned over and then he was like helping her and she goes, hey. And nothing happened. Then afterwards, he goes over to Jason and he's like, I think she thinks I was sniffing her butt, but I can't now go back to her and be like, I wasn't sniffing her butt in case she wasn't thinking that. <laughs> that was so funny. I've seen, I think, I've watched that since. It's that funny. I think that my funniest moment uh, from Big Brother 19 would have to be rap centric when our very own Rob Sesternino is talking to Raven Walton and he's like, you know, uh, there's just so many parties for you. I think you're really going to be impressed and uh, amazed at all the parties that have been happening on your behalf. And then he asked her the thing about the Kool-Aid. And I've never laughed so hard in my life. He's like, we have a question from, from a viewer. Um, what brand, uh, well, what flavor of Kool-Aid that Paul made uh, did you like the best? And And she answered it like as if, you know, like yeah. it didn't phase her whatsoever. She 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 totally lied. She's like, cherry, yeah, cherry. Even though he never made cherry Kool Aid yeah, the entire the thing, time, like, it show it shows how like quickly she can just like lie on the spot <laughs> and not even like question it. Because like it wasn't even like, oh, did he make Kool Aid? I don't remember. I think I might like it wasn't even anything like that. It was literally like cherry when he didn't even make Kool Aid once. Yeah. It was bizarre. It was great. And that was like the Rob said that was the closest thing he's ever had to something like going like semi viral was when uh, people kept retweeting that moment with him with Raven in the backyard. So I have to say that was probably the funniest. And also our finale podcast on Big Brother Canada 5. It was just such a shit show. Like, I mean, (laughs) because I was so mad. That was crazy. (laughs) It was just looking back on it. I'm like, oh, I was in rare form those two nights. I uh, I really enjoyed the uh, I mean I always love the recap of the recaps um, but I really enjoyed the Hyman uh, whole Hyman situation. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that was funny. Uh, with Eric Stein was on the the podcast. I actually I just Googled R H A P Hyman and it was it came right up. Um, <laughs> oh, so that's lovely. But yes, uh, Jessica not knowing what a Hyman was that was fantastic, but. Uh, I also I really really loved um, the the veto ceremony where Ika says to Kevin, uh, "You can take that veto and shove it up your ass." <laughs> and uh, he goes, 
Aika, I'm using the veto on you. Uh, and, <laughs> that was crazy. Yes. I forgot about that. That was the most and amazing my, and, moment. Yes, because we're like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was so crazy. And she's like, <laughs> and then, and then also, like, she has to be like. Also, we kind of trashed your HOH room. Uh, <laughs> and they had to take it all down. Like, they had really clean funny. it up. Oh my <laughs> like, God. all somber, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was so uh, funny. There, I mean, there were a lot of great uh, Big Brother Canada 5 uh, moments. Um, I, liked- I, I really loved oh, okay. uh, Kevin messing with, with Karen. Uh, like, hey, Karen, what, uh, tell us, oh, tell yeah. them about your final, our final two deal. <laughs> Uh, what she was so what? mad Kevin Martin <laughs> yeah Rob, so Rob got a lot of, he got Rob got so much mileage out of like his impersonation of Karen and like her how incredulous she was at, at, at Kevin I mean like that was just it was great stuff I also liked when <laughs> Gary told Netta like honey you don't know who's the villain until you see the edit or whatever oh yes that was yes. really great that was really like, good I don't think she had any idea that that was what was going on and he was just like totally called her on it it was amazing yeah, I, I like that was certainly a contributor toward this narrative that that Netta is like the villain, uh, which I wasn't like a huge fan of. But that moment was yeah. so well edited like that. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why they stuck with that storyline is just because they were able to edit it together so well. I mean, when it's Ka- it's Cassandra versus Netta and Gary versus Netta, like they are two people who are really great at for- like forming a narrative and like putting people. And then, of course, Ika, like those are all people that are like going to be give you really great like put downs yeah. if they're the heroes. So um it's so it funny. a lot of great moments. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it must have been really hard for Netta because she went into the house. She knew she was really popular. She got voted most popular, basically, by the public when they gave her immunity for however long. And then she's getting into fights with people who are also popular. But she's probably saying to herself, you know what? These people are against me. You know, I know they're popular and they have followings, but I have to get rid of them because they're coming after me the minute or they're coming after my allies, at least. And yet it didn't like it to the public. It didn't play that way because we're not looking at the game through her eyes. We're looking at the game through our eyes. And to yeah. us, it looks like, you know, she has like, she's sitting pretty over there with immunity. And yet she's still, you know, making moves against our favorites. We're like, picking fights why? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Picking just, fights, and, and, the mean girl really, attitude. I, yes. I, well, that's what I, th- I think the, like, uh, this was like one of the, most obvious or like biggest cases of the edit really like mm-hmm. framing things like the way that they framed her interaction with Cindy, where they made that like uh insult corner out to be way more than it was. And like yeah. the oh, way that yeah. they framed everything around Netta being the villain, like it was very effective. Like they, it, I mean, it, it, I mean like to not, not to say that Netta wasn't complicit in, in that thing. Like they can't make things happen that didn't exist for sure. But like they, they made Netta who I, I think was for the most part, the same person like uh i think that she was in different circumstances and she was with some different people but for the most part she was the same person and they took her from like most popular big brother canada house guest to everyone is rooting against her over the course of a few weeks it was based on mostly editing yeah. and and that's that's crazy to me um and uh it, it really goes to show the power of of what they present because even the people watching the live feeds are influenced by the edit that the show gives them um so it's it, that was a very interesting aspect of it for me yeah i yeah i hated the fact that they were they were like running that into the ground it's like okay we get it she's your villain okay like that's enough you don't have to keep drilling it into people but you know so that i didn't like that at all because they chose to show the parts where netta was a villain whereas 
they could, if they had shown other parts of Ica, she would have been the villain. So it's just yeah, interesting. Like, Ica legitimately made people cry multiple times. Accidentally made someone cry once. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? Like, she did it with flair, though. I feel like that's why we can forgive her because she does it with a certain panache that, you know, you just like, you understand why she's irritated and you're sort of here for it. Whereas I feel like with Netta's eye rolls, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to pick on her, but I never well, felt anything for her in that. Season. But that's the thing. Like the eye rolls were amazing in season two. People loved them. She was like the, the yeah, sassy, like right. underdog. Yeah, it really comes down to context, I think. Um, and Big Brother controls the context. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunately like what you sign up for when you uh, when you go on that show. Um, I actually this this might be a controversial moment, but I loved the way that Big Brother US put together the montage of. Uh, Paul getting everyone to throw the sprinting HOH competition. Yeah, I know a lot of people were frustrated by it. Very. But just like it, <laughs> it felt like a heist movie the way that they put it together, where it was like this person is dropping out because Paul did this, who connects it to this, and like you need to do this in order for this person to feel comfortable doing this, and then that will make this person feel comfortable doing this. And I, I just loved the way that was put together. It felt like a montage straight out of, uh, you know, the, the Sting or something. Like I, I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> but I, okay. My favorite moment of all of, of the whole year though, um, yes, sorry. was, um, <laughs> once Jason puts up, uh, it was Matt, right? Matt first, <laughs> yeah. uh, he puts Matt up and Matt freaks out. Um, and he starts going, what, what, what are you going to do? What are, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> on, I loved it. It was the only time that I've ever podcasted with Taryn that he did an impression and he did a good one too. Like he was really good at the mad impression. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I loved it. I just remember we were like it. desperate for Matt to finally wake up and like do something. And then the second he did that, we we're all like, okay, we don't go back to sleep. We don't <laughs> yeah, want this. This is not yeah. what we wanted. It was just so bad. It was like so embarrassing. <laughs> little punk. <laughs> uh, be a man um it was very strange very, and very strange. uh i was I, like it's not often that i'm watching the feeds and just like cracking up because it's just so funny uh and that was that was really a moment um so yeah that's uh those are some of the the moments that i uh i remembered from the show but uh there is a, one thing that um that we should talk about uh big brother news over the course of the year we um we finally, uh, you know, we've, it's been a long time and, uh, we hadn't had a death in the Big Brother family for a very long time. But, uh, unfortunately, we recently lost, uh, Kent Blackwelder from season two, um, that we, uh, Rob and I actually just recently spent, uh, months rewatching season two and podcasting about it. And we talked about Kent a lot. And, um, you know, he was certainly a flawed guy. Um, with some, you know, some un uncomfortable and unfortunate views, uh, but uh, very sad to see him go here. Um, and uh, he, you know, he was still pretty young. And uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, hats off to uh, for to Kent here. Yeah, um, I'll just say really quickly, you know, his friendship with Bunky uh, certainly evolved over the years. You know, much uh, later after after they left the house, and uh, I thought that that was, you know. A, a place where people found common ground together. You know, at the time the Big Brother mm -hmm. Canada, or Big Brother Canada, Big Brother Two was taping. Uh, Kenton Bunky in the house. You know, their beliefs did not align. But, but as Bunky wrote on Twitter, uh, eventually as time moved on and uh, they became friends, 
Kent came a lot further over the bridge toward Bunky than Bunky came toward him. And that shows progress. You know, I don't think that Kent was uh, any different than my parents were in 2001, 2002, that time frame. So uh, I, I feel like that he represented a, a, a large, but not maybe a majority of America who maybe didn't understand gay people and thought different things about them and had different opinions about other things. And uh, I feel like that he did a lot of growing after the show and we can applaud that. And I also applaud his, uh, his time on Big Brother 2, I thought was very, very fun. He was like the strategist that everybody was sort of afraid of and wanted to get rid of for that reason. I, I feel like that's a, a, a something that we don't see very often. The older guy who sort of puts the fear of God into everybody. Yeah, well, one of the first things I thought of when I uh, when I heard the news was that um, during uh, when we were making the Big Brother Two documentary, I was going through the archives of, of David Bloomberg's uh, website that was writing writing articles about the season, and they had Kent come on and, and write a guest article, whatever you want to call it, um, after nine eleven had happened, um, because there was a lot of controversy about like should they tell them, should we cancel the show, and uh, he he wrote a very moving piece about like the importance of of. TV and of, of Big Brother and um, you know that we we shouldn't be canceling the show like this is right. this is something important for people and um, you know he he was a he was a, a good guy and uh, it's it's unfortunately that it's unfortunate that we've lost him and uh, hopefully this is um, this is not a, a, a something that will happen more in the future um, and uh, we'll we'll go another long stretch of time before we have to uh, talk about another um, death in the family. Uh, but, uh, we can move on, move yeah, forward. Please, please tell me you have something else so we don't have to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I did want to say, uh, yes. Well, I, I did want to say, um, the, while the seasons weren't necessarily the best, uh, this year, the coverage was some of my the favorites coverage. by far. Yes. Um, wait, yes, wait, I, stop real quick. Can I give you some props? Like y'all out there. Me and Melissa join with everybody in bowing down to Taryn Armstrong for the amount of time and effort that he put into covering Big Brother 19. I mean, Rob thought about doing this, the daily updates as a thing. And it, we were so, so sort of kicking it around. Wasn't really sure how it was going to work. I knew I didn't want to do it full time. Uh, and I made that known. And I really feel like in the end, Taryn just sort of picked up the slack like he always does. Uh, when you know there's a there's a hole to be filled, and uh, you know Rob wanted to do daily updates, and Taryn, you never missed a day. So kudos to you. We applaud you. Everybody in the chat room applauds you, and we can't wait for you to continue to do all the hard work so I can rest easy during uh, Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, well, uh, thank you. I, it, it really was a lot of fun for me. Like, um, you know, the Big Brother 19, it was not the most fun season. I certainly enjoyed it um, to some extent. But what I really, really loved was being able to wake up every morning and just talk about it every day and uh you know have people to talk about it with that were uh you know like you know every day it was like what could possibly maybe go wrong with paul today probably not much but you know we're, we're still <laughs> you trudging did. on and you know what your podcast i can't remember who you did it with maybe you can help me out it was you rob Sesternino, and who somebody just tweeted us about it who did the preview of what paul versus Josh would look like in the final two, like a day or two before it happened, right? Was it was it Ligori or 
somebody was with the two of you. I can't remember who. I don't remember. You don't remember. Okay, I'm sorry. I I should remember because somebody tweeted it to me. But whoever that was, that was a great show. Honestly, if you listen to that show, it's like they're predicting the future. I mean, it's they really had it locked down about what was going to happen. What Paul, like Rob was like, you know, if Paul loses the game, this is the reason why. And it all came to pass. It was really, really an amazing podcast. Yeah, it, it really was a, a lot of fun. And, and like between those updates and the shows and, uh, you know, getting together with you guys, um, I just I really enjoyed that coverage. I'm very much looking forward to uh, covering more stuff in the future. Uh, speaking of, we've got Big Brother Celebrity coming up soon in February. Mm-hmm. Um, February, what is it? 14th or something? I don't something know. Like 11th, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't know the cast yet. There have been some rumors. Um, I've the, the One of the more frequent names I've seen thrown around is uh, none other than Frankie Grande, mm-hmm. maybe in our Big Brother Celebrity cast. Uh, Brent, what do you think of that? I mean, I wouldn't be too disappointed by it. I know a lot of people are not here for Frankie, but he gives us something to talk about. He's going to play hard. You know, that was the one thing I'll give him about his stint on Big Brother 16. Bitch played hard. I mean, he really did. He wanted it badly, wanted to win, didn't rest on his laurels whatsoever. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, I know he does annoy people, but I feel like on a celebrity season, he's going to be a celebrity season, uh, air quotes. Uh, He's going to be amongst his friends, his peers. So so, uh, maybe he won't annoy us as much then. Look, I feel like you just need to accept it, that he's going to come back at some point. And then when it does happen, then you're not as been out of shape by it. Like, some of y'all are going to be. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you are not a Frankie fan, you can take this as a, a good thing, because if Frankie does Celebrity Big Brother, he's almost certainly not going to then turn around and do another season of regular Big Brother. So if if you don't like Frankie, then this is sort of like uh, you take a small evil instead of a potential big evil. You'll only have to deal with them for three weeks tops. And then uh, then you're done, probably. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah I, I used to be so oh, so anti Frankie but you know I don't really mind him coming back uh when I didn't hate him in the first half of his season I thought he was really entertaining and yeah he took up a lot of airspace but like he was funny I thought until I realized that like his jokes and stuff were all just constantly on a loop and like repeated the entire time <laughs> and his impressions were just over and over and over but in the beginning he was real. I thought he was really funny. I loved watching the feeds when he was on it. He made it fun, um, and he was playing really hard. And then, and he like cared about the game. Obviously, the second half of the game, I had a very, very different opinion on him. But um, you know, now that we've had like a break in between, maybe he'll come in with all new jokes, all new material, all new impressions, <laughs> and you know, maybe redeem himself. Who knows? God, I mean, can you imagine weeks, if he had the same impressions? Sick. Oh my god. Like, I used to think that his impressions were so funny. Like, when he did that one where he was like, oh, I'm a drunk girl getting home or something. I I was, like, cracking Mm. up. And then I realized, like, after he did that, like, 20 more times, it was like, okay, now it's old. Now I don't want to see this ever again. The the really bad Australian accent. Yeah. Um, And now, see, now it only has to last for, like, two weeks or whatever it is. We don't have to, like, (laughs) keep going. I mean... Yeah, exactly. I don't even care who they cast because it's going to be like Big Brother fast forward. It's going to be yeah. over three, three and a half weeks, something like that. Maybe it's two and a half weeks, something. It's going to be like HOH veto done. HOH. I mean, maybe not even a veto. Hell, if I know what they're going to do. Uh, I have no inside knowledge. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like that uh, having somebody like Frankie around would be OK because I do feel like and maybe you guys 
I'll ask you guys. I feel like Frankie is in on the joke. Do you guys think that Frankie is in on the joke? Because I feel like he is. Oh, okay. I recently just went and saw uh, the Disaster Artist. Okay. And uh, I feel like Frankie may be in, in on the joke in the same way that Tommy Wiseau is now in on his joke. Yeah. And that, like, when he was on Big Brother initially, he was not in on his own joke. Right. And then afterward, I think he was probably disappointed with the reaction. And now he knows what is out there and sort of plays into it in some way that's like, no, but this is just who I am. And now this I'm playing is, into yeah, it, guys. This is just like for fun. This is the character. I feel like he mm-hmm. goes out of his way to like troll people and irritate people with the glitter and the flame and all that. I feel like he really likes to just irritate the living, you know what, out of people with like, oh my God, it's Frankie again. You know, because that's where he gets his jollies. Like that's where he gets his screen time is like he's the guy you love to hate for a lot of people. Yeah, well, I think that's that's sort of like, you know, when you leave the house and you see that you were universally disliked, there aren't a lot of different options that you have in terms of coping. Like you can just like back away from the spotlight, but that's obviously not going to happen with Frankie. And like one of the options is lean into it and like be like, no, no, this is this is who I am. And I'm going to start to enjoy this because what else am I going to do? Just like be sad all the time because people hate me uh like or you can try to change their opinion of you and i think that he definitely has taken the route of like i'm going to ignore the haters in terms of like what it does to like my feelings and then just kind of like be myself and egg yeah. them on as much as i can and um you know i i, I can't fault him for that you know I can't either. Uh, he's, he's listening if, to if people... like the he like He's listening to the sycophants in his life, like the people that are like, yes, queen. Yes, we love you, Frankie. Yes, you and your sister. Reminds me of someone. I know, right? What? Hey, look, you know what? (laughs) You know, here's the thing, people. I'm in on the joke. Like, I know my strengths and my weaknesses. I know what people hate about me. I know what they dislike about me on a podcast generally. Uh, You know, I feel like I have a pretty like I feel like I'm very much like Kevin Martin in this respect. Like, I'm self-aware enough to know what's good about me, what can be improved. And what my what what's my draw? What's my place in the world? You know what? I feel like if you if you at least are sort of in on the joke, then people can get on board with you. Whereas I feel like that yeah. if you're not in on the joke, like Frankie was during Big Brother, uh, I keep saying Big Brother Canada. I got Big Brother Canada on the on the brain during Big Brother 16 during the second half. That was no fun. I hate that kind of Frankie. No, I I think that's actually very true of you. I think like one of the things I see the most apart from just like whenever there's like there's like the yes queen people with you brent and there's also the people that were like you know initially i was like not a fan but then i've come around like i've come to appreciate like i understand him now and i can appreciate what he brings to the podcast and i feel like that's that's exactly where we want want people to be um you know I, i think we all bring something different to the podcast and you know even if you don't relate to one of the people uh you can hopefully relate to one of the other people and uh, appreciate what the others bring i sent you that tweet uh i won't read the name but it was basically like brent's flipping terrible uh he butts <laughs> in all the time um but taryn's consistent though <laughs> <laughs> yes i was like oh and there are, gonna, there, there are people that are gonna be like taryn's the worst at least we've got brent spilling the true tea <laughs> uh you know it's like uh, we we do our best um <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I'm sorry. Big Brother, uh, uh, Celebrity Big Brother we were talking about. And uh, yes. the people who were going to be on it, like Frankie Grande and others. Uh, so <laughs> yes others um another uh heavily rumored person is uh johnny bananas from the challenge uh i think a lot of people are pretty confident that we're going to see him on the show uh i i had never watched the challenge i recently watched a season 
and it had Johnny Bananas in it. And uh, he's kind of a crazy, but but very aggressively strategic guy. Uh, I'd be I'll be interested to see what he does in the house if he gets in there. Yeah, I have uh, at least done a little bit of homework on the challenge. I haven't watched the season yet, but I've watched a couple episodes. I know who Johnny Bananas is. I got the story of how he got the nickname Johnny Bananas, which is sort of interesting. Oh, um, I don't know. I did, I, yeah, I, I, I won't. They weren't calling him Bananas at the time when I watched I, it. I, I won't. I won't get into it now. But uh, okay. <laughs> but. Uh, the, there, he, he's, I think he's, I can guess. He's got a fun backstory, and he seems like a really fun, aggressive guy. And uh, so uh, I'd, I'd be on board. Again, it's two and a half weeks, so it's not going to be the Big Brother that we've come to love. Yeah, it's going to be some bastardized version of Big Brother. So let's have fun. Yeah, and if you hate the people, like, okay, well, it'll be over in two weeks. Like, yeah. it's not even a big deal. Yes, and uh, uh, we will, of course, get Ali Lasher on uh, on the podcast to talk about Johnny Bananas, if he is indeed on the uh, the show. Um, so we'll have that to look forward to as well. She can give us a primer. Uh, she can educate us on uh, who this guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, the season that I watched, he like got in a bar fight <laughs> and like had a big cut down his eye for the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in for something. something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, oh, like overall, like, are you guys looking forward to Big Brother Celebrity? Like, um, there's still a lot that we don't know about it. So it's hard to say one way or the other, like, is this going to be good? Is this going to be bad? Uh, I'm just, I'm happy that we're getting more Big Brother. Uh, so I'm like somewhat optim- cautiously optimistic. Uh, it could be terrible. But here's the thing. Even if it is terrible, the fact that it's so short. It, it like just it, it makes it a lot better for me to be honest. And a lot of people yes. were disappointed at the length, but like it, like if it's really good, then great. We got a couple couple of weeks of really good Big Brother, and that's great. And maybe we'll do it next time. It'll, it'll be fun. Uh, and if it's bad, it'll be over before we even know it. And so that's it's it's like whenever there's a, a show that I want to watch, I watch a lot of TV shows. If there's a really long show like The Challenge with like fifty seasons, then it's like this has to be amazingly good. Or I just don't want to watch it. It's way too much of it. But if there's a really short show, then I'm like, you know what? Even if it's bad, it was short. It was quick. It was fun. I'll I'll give it a shot. Right. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, Melissa, what do you think? Oh, good. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess. <laughs> I usually don't like it when there are like celebrity versions of things. I just find it like not as good as the original. So um, I'm interested. The thing is, is that. I, we already know because of the length that it's not going to be our normal big brother. So I really don't know what to expect. Like I have no idea how they're going to get, do all of the things that are incorporated in a normal big brother season in two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm excited because it's something new and it's something big brother related and you know, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Just like I was interested in OTT, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I can empathize with the fans out there. Uh, it's something new and you're disappointed with the length. I, I, I get it. But uh, I feel like you're supposed to laugh at that joke. Neither one of you did. God damn it. Um, I think, Taryn, you're reading tweets and Melissa's off on Never Never Laugh. I was looking for questions. <laughs> it was funny. The chat room laughed anyway. Um, but, uh, I know, right? Oh, well, Everyone knows that the, the best joke is the one where you say, no, guys, I promise. Yeah, it was I know, funny. right? This is, this is funny. Come on. I swear. Uh, no, for real. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be uh, it's like a primer or like a, a little appetizer for Big Brother Canada 6. Which, by the way, I will again tell you guys that Rob Sesternino had a huge hand in getting that back on TV. So if you are excited about Big Brother Canada 6 coming back, then you need to bow down to a little bit of rap power because uh, 
through Rob and all the people who signed that petition, I really do think that that was one of the biggest reasons why they decided to, they, they initially put it on hiatus and then they said, you know what? We that actually are coming back. That, that was really crazy. was crazy. That yeah, was that's probably the craziest moment, you know, in all of this year's Big Brother. It really was. And to see it happen and to see Arissa's excitement over it happening. Oh, I love just, Arissa. Oh, so I do too. She's so <laughs> yeah, we, I mean that uh, we almost lost Big Brother Canada, and I real that would have been a huge loss. Yeah, you know? uh, I feel like we and, did it. Know. Like we we all really did it. Like we totally. actually made a difference. I feel like every year we're like, uh, no one's gonna listen to us. The producers aren't gonna listen to us. They're not gonna like take the fact that we don't want to add like one person in the house. They don't aren't gonna listen to the fact that we don't want like fan votes. You know, like th- we always think we're totally powerless, and it shows that like you know we can do stuff. We can really you know, it influence and impact big brother. So that's kind of cool. Your, you got to pick your battles. I, yeah. feel like, I feel like Rob picked it wisely. That was the most important yeah, battle it, for sure. And, and I think, I think it's also like important, like for as much as we might say like, Oh, 2017 sucked for, for these shows. Like, we still love these shows oh, and yeah. we will fight to keep them on the air. I never, ever put Big Brother Canada in that. It was a CBS question, you know, about 2017. It was, you know, yeah. the Game Changers, HHH Survivor and Big Brother 19. You know, it, that was a really terrible year for them. But I never, ever included Big Brother Canada 5 in that mix because it wasn't CBS, at least, you know, not in, and it's not USA. So yeah. uh, they, that they were totally immune from my criticism. Obviously, mm-hmm. I had some problems with that season but overall it was a fantastic season of big brother and, and even uh, when big brother's not good it's still big brother like it's mm-hmm. still so fun. yeah i feel like if we can get through big brother 19 i feel like we can get through anything that was <laughs> pro- that was that was my toughest season ever you guys that it was really was hard. more than 16 because at least 16 Derek was a likable person and yeah. he had a family and everything. I was rooting for him, you know, or I, I or I wasn't, I wasn't rooting for him, but I could but understand. By the end, I was like, I, was, I would yeah. like him to win. Yes, exactly. Because it was so amazing. So at yeah. least I could do that. This season really tested me, but thank God Josh won at the end. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like Big Brother uh, US at the very least is striving. You know, it, it's doing better than ever. They're doing a celebrity version. Uh, they want more of it on the air. I think Big Brother 19 did really well in the ratings, actually. I think that the most recent Survivor season also did really well. So uh, good year in terms of the the business side of the Big Brother and Survivor in the U.S. at the very least. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we got we got to really cross our fingers here for Big Brother Canada 6. Yeah. Um, they also lost their studio, uh, like where like the house, I think they need to get a new house. Um, so <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I hate it not, when I not, misplace not, my house. <laughs> yeah, not looking great for uh, for them there. But, um, you know, hopefully we get a good season. Hopefully they get some good ratings and uh, we don't have to go through another whole fight to keep it on the air yeah. again. We but, need to all watch. Uh, lots- yes, yes. Uh, I mean, as much as you can yeah. if you're not in that country. <laughs> so yeah, just tweet about it a lot. You tweet know, show it. them the social tweet media about engagement. It, retweet stuff, reply, share, like just mm-hmm. to do as much as you can to keep it out there. L- in the listen atmosphere. to podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i think there's a lot to look forward to uh in the coming year we're gonna get three seasons of big brother we're gonna get uh celebrity big brother canada six and big brother 20 um so very very much much looking forward to that uh do you guys think uh they're gonna bring back some returning players again for big brother canada six i i've heard some speculation like uh you know who knows maybe maybe they're thinking about it i honestly i'm so happy it's more viewers I'm so happy it's back. I don't care. Yeah. And um, as long as it's not Ika, because I love me Ika, 
but I feel like it would be very much the Paul effect. Like, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you were so good last season. Like, I don't, not now, girl, not now. Yeah. Maybe next season, if you're like, maybe during seven, I, Dimitri, I could probably handle. Yeah. But I can't, but not I can, Dimitri. I don't, d- please don't do that. Although, what about, <laughs> I think- um, what about BB20? Like, that's like prime time for all stars. I don't know. You know, I, know I mean, like, you would think so. Year, but... You would think so. We say that every year. It's 20. Like, you know, Steve said last year that uh, he didn't he think that 19 was going to be because they renewed it. They renewed it for two seasons. And I, I yeah. anyway, the point, the point being that I would love for them to do a full all stars. Again, it's so funny. They, they just it's like it's like they're our parents or something. They just don't want to give us what we want. Yeah. Like we want a full all stars. They're like, no, yeah. we're just gonna put one person. And we in don't. The house. Yeah, we don't want yeah. that. That's the exact opposite of what we want. I'd much prefer yeah. either a full all stars or an all newbies. Like, what's wrong with that, Taryn? Is there something I'm missing? Seriously, I'm asking both of you. What am I missing as to why they would rather put half and half in the house rather than a full all stars? Why will they not just put in? Money. Is that it? That can't be it. I mean, I think, I think what I, re- to produce. I think what I remember reading is that they feel like they don't have enough people to put on an all star, se- like like worthy people to put on an all star season, which I obviously vehemently disagree with. Vehemently but disagree I think with. From their perspective, <laughs> I think they feel like they can only bring back big characters, and they just don't have enough big characters. Oh, to bring so back, annoying! That's enough with the characters. I just want good players. I mean, Boogie was—they brought back Boogie. And he was nobody, and look what he evolved into. Right. You know, I just, if you're listening out there, please just give us what we want. Put in, like, 16, 20 people, previous players, all played before, all hungry for the money. Or with, you know, I I love the fact that they have pre-existing relationships, because it's like, are you, is it the devil you know, or the devil you don't know? You know, are you Mm going to go with the people that you knew outside the house, or are you going to stab them in the back? If you stab them in the back, they're going to be that much more hurt when you eventually send them to the jury and can they vote for you? I feel like that that's all intriguing. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would totally oh. want to uh, see an All-Stars. And, and it's like, at, like with All-Stars, you don't get the effect, nearly as much at least, of like the degradation of public opinion where it's like, uh, you know, Paul coming back with a bunch of new players, like there's no chance for Paul to be a liked player there. Like I, I said the second that Paul came, the rumor was that like Paul was on the season. I was like, well, People are going to hate Paul now. And of course, of course they did. Like there was nothing that Paul could have done to make him a like loved character and do well at the same time. Like he was either going to go out early and still be loved or he was going to make it to the end and be hated. Um, it's very, very much the, uh, you know, you're, you're only a hero until you right. become the villain. Um, you live long enough to become the villain. Uh, and, and that's really true of like basically anyway, like Suri Fields is basically the only person between Big Brother and Survivor that's managed to come on like so many times and still be loved. Um, it's I, I honestly can't think of anyone else. Um that's been on. I, I guess. I guess you know. Janelle has been on three times now, and uh, she she's still loved. But uh, she went. Er- she went on early in fourteen. So yeah, um, I feel like during fourteen she lost a little bit of her luster. That's true. Uh, so I, I don't. I feel like if she came back again. And by the way, that woman does not age. Have you guys seen her on Instagram? I mean, so uh, Melissa. She. I, 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 she's had three kids, it's and crazy. she looks. Just, she looks like she does from twenty years ago. She looks absolutely flipping amazing. Anyway. Uh, I would love to see her back because I feel like that uh, people would sort of forget about the fact that she's a she's a bomb ass player who could actually do some damage. Yes. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got. Did you guys any have any final thoughts on this year in Big Brother? Uh, not for me. I will say that uh, Melissa's our first year together. So congrats uh, again. And I hope you're having a good time covering Big Brother with us. I'm looking forward to the new year with Celebrity Big Brother, Big Brother Canada 6, and obviously Big Brother 20, which we pray is an all-stars. But uh, we should be spending a lot of time together. I hope you uh, I hope you got your... I don't know, boots on or whatever to handle Brent for an entire season of uh, big, uh, three, three seasons of Big Brother because I'm going to bring it. I am ready. I'm All excited. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is, this is a year of Melissa. Uh, I, I'm so happy that we, uh, that we have you on. You're probably my favorite edition uh, of, of 2017. Oh, so uh, very, very happy to have <laughs> you. The only good thing, um, you were the only good thing about 2017, Melissa. <laughs> the only good thing. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> um well uh i think that's all we've got for you um make sure you check out the uh the taryn show i just did a a holiday special i talked with uh with lita who was on many of the morning updates and dom from the dom dom and colin podcast we talked about holidays and how we feel about them and um it talked about santa which is apparently a lot more controversial than i thought it was (laughs) um so I uh, check did, that one out. I would check that out. And also, uh, if you guys listen to part one of my interview on the Terrence show, when I talked about the uh, staircase murders and the Peterson trial, my favorite murder, which is a really, really fun podcast, picked the staircase murders to cover for their 100th episode. So I tweeted about it actually a couple hours ago. You can check out that link. And uh, they continually referred to me as diddly guy. Um, so uh, they have they they have a little bit of a soft spot for yours truly. So uh, I'm on I'm on board with them. That's so exciting. I have to listen. You know, right? Yes, and um, I, I recently did an interview with uh, with Matt Hoffman, uh, who is a uh, a great guest on these recap of the recap yes. episodes in particular. I love that uh, he tradition. Was very fun. I love that tradition that that's him. It's that's so his great. spot. You know. <laughs> Uh, so lots of lots of fun stuff happening there. Um, you can also, of course, check out. Uh, we mentioned the Big Brother Two documentary. That's still uh, still out there, still going. Um, there's still people listening to it uh, and tweeting <laughs> us about it. Um, so uh, make sure you check that one out. Hopefully, we're going to be uh, making one for season three at some point uh, in the near future. Um, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taren. Melissa is at It's Melissa with three A's. Um, <laughs> uh, that never gets Brent old. Is, never. And Brent is at Brent. Um, no, sorry, he's at, at One Lucky Gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, only only dumbasses put at, at Brent. So yeah, okay. it's at, yeah, it's at One Lucky Gay. Um, uh and um we uh will be uh seeing you in february maybe we'll do one more off-season big brother podcast in the meantime i'm sure we're going to preview the season once it's released uh and all of that stuff so uh looking forward to all of that coming up and thank you everyone for listening we will see you next time